All right, and welcome to Hattrick Sports Talk NFL kickoff post-show after what was a pretty abysmal uh, Chiefs-Texans game. I'm joined by Brandon today. How are you doing, man? Uh, pretty good, you know. Uh, excited that football's back. Um, it really didn't seem that different. It, I mean, minus the usual fanfare that comes from lots of people being in the stadium. But, right. uh uh, yeah, I I don't know if I would call the game abysmal. The second um, half was pretty garbage. The first yeah. half was pretty interesting. The second half, I I was I was done by like eight minutes yeah. in the third quarter. I'll be honest, I I got to a point where I was like, oh maybe maybe the maybe the uh, Texans can make a comeback, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh I don't know. And then they yeah. didn't. But. Let's start with some of the logistics of the game before we get in uh, to the actual game in itself. So 17,000 fans approximately. Interesting use of the artificial crowd noise by NBC. Did it feel normal to you? Uh, it did for me. They were definitely pumping sound into that stadium. Right. That was, yes. Which is questionable when you have your own fans, but. Um, yeah, I mean, because like seventeen thousand is not fifty thousand yeah. in Arrowhead. Kept, like Al Michaels kept being like, "Oh, it's, it sounds like there's fifty thousand people," and I'm like, "That's because there's not. That's because there's sound." Like, right? Just, just say it. Yeah, I mean, we all knew, right? Like, come on. Yeah. But it didn't feel yeah. weird to me at all. The artificial crowd noise didn't feel weird. I liked how there were 17,000. I liked how they were all spread out. Nothing felt weird. It just felt yeah. like football. Uh, yeah, so felt like football. They did the nice little tribute like with both teams coming together. Yeah, that was really um, great at the beginning. One thing that bothered me is uh, if you listen to this clip, um, and a lot of people have been saying this, and I agree with them. You can hear the fans booing. Yeah, which I didn't really like. Which, you know, yeah. it's it's kind of expected. But um, We talked about this on the pre-show, um, and this is something that I'll continuously reiterate throughout the week. Um, this is very important. The reality is the players, the teams, and, you know, the coaches, those three are very unified in their message. And however they choose to use that message or, or uh, you know, showcase that message this weekend. They're all united under the same focus, uh, regardless of how teams like the Dolphins feel about the league and what they're trying to do. The teams, the players, and the coaches are very unified in a very similar message. It's honestly exactly the same, right? Black Lives Matter. We need change. We want to inspire change, all these things. It doesn't matter how they do it. Uh, as we've seen, the Texans did something different than the Chiefs. Of course, the Texans didn't come off the national anthem. The Chiefs were standing. The Dolphins are not going to be coming off the national anthem this uh, this weekend. But all of them are united in the same message. It's an important thing to understand. Yeah. So let's start off uh, with the uh, so here's with here's, the Texans. Let's start off with the Texans. Okay. So here's the simple question with the Texans. Right. Don't tell me everything was wrong. What's if you had to pick one thing that went wrong, one thing that killed them tonight, especially in the second half? What is it? One thing. Watson just looked really sloppy. You felt he was bad. He was throw. He was dude. He was overthrowing many times. He had in that game alone. I counted 
three or four times he had wide open guys in the end zone that he overthrew. Um, like he had two or three where he way overthrew, and but and this is and obviously both quarterbacks had had a couple that they overthrew. Right, which is expected in in where we're at with no preseason and everything. But I guess really, if I was gonna say not something that's not based upon it being the first game of the year. Oh man, I'd have to go with the fact that that if I'm the Texans, I'm really worried about their O line because Deshaun was like running around like a chicken with his head cut off. That looked like 2015 Seahawks, like defensive. That like, looked like Deshaun line. Watson two years ago. It was bad. It he, was he, like no. he was. Yeah. So here's the interesting part for me, and this is something that I've talked about with Deshaun Watson his whole career. I've talked about, hey, quick passes. You know, let's get the ball yeah. quickly. They did that, especially in the first half. They they focused on that this offseason. You could tell, like, oh, we're, we're going to, you know, do shorter passes with their new offensive coordinator. And they did that for most of the game to their credit. But when an offensive line is as bad as the Texans, and I got to say by the end of the year, they're probably going to rank about 28 to 30 or, you know, 20 to even 32, like – yeah. If you rank that low, it doesn't matter how many times you can do short passes because you yeah. got to throw the ball at some point, and eventually the pressure is going to be too much. And Deshaun, as you said, is going to run like a chicken with his head cut off. And to be fair, to be fair, he only had one. Uh, I would say he only had one really bad throw. In the, the pick wasn't game. even a bad throw. It was a bad throw. Well, no, it was a bad throw, but I can't blame him for it because I thought the O line affected he that throw tremendously. Taken, no, I, I'm sorry, but like. I would say the exact same thing if that was Russell making that throw. Um, and that's one thing that I'm sure Mahomes will – I'm sure uh, Deshaun Watson will learn as he goes on, like as he establish, gets more and more. Like that. I know he's been in the league for five years now, but one thing he still has a problem with that guys like Mahomes and, and Russell don't do mm-hmm. is he'll take – like those two guys will take the sack rather right. than – try and throw it when they're getting off balance. Like he threw that and the moment he threw it, I was like, that's a pick because he just like airballed it. And, and sometimes, and, and here's the thing with Deshaun too, there are games like what, what was it? We were watching it a couple days ago on red zone too. I think they were playing the Ravens and they were down. Like they lost like 41 to seven last year. What was that week 11? We were checking oh, that on yeah. red zone the other day. Yeah. It was kind of similar to that game because the reality is at some point, any quarterback but especially Watson, because it seems like with Bill O'Brien and this offensive line, it seems to be pretty common. When there are games where they're in blowouts, Deshaun feels like he has to overcompensate. And he's going to feel like he has to overcompensate even more this year without a guy like D-Hop on the outside to bail him out. Well, I would actually argue this. I think that Deshaun Watson, I, I, I believe that, this is going to sound weird, but I actually think that the Texans could be quite successful this year. No, I still feel like they are. This game. And the, I reason, cannot... and the reason being, um, and I'll let you talk on this after, I, after yeah. I've said this, but I actually came away from this game, even though they lost, feeling quite impressed by them, like more impressed than I thought I would. And the reason being is because, one, David Johnson looked extraordinary. Yes. Um, and two – they held a team that usually puts up 35 to 40 points to 30 points. Right. Yes. Which is very good. 
So, so here's something to keep in mind with the Texans. You know where they're playing next week? Who? Baltimore. Ooh. So they have Kansas City and Baltimore back-to-back. That's rough. These two weeks, don't overreact to the Texans. Yeah. Leave them alone. Because yeah. – because this, this is not an accurate – their piece of this, like the offensive line, as we talked about, and we do realize that the defense isn't very good. It's middle of the road at best. It's, it's J.J. Watt can't do everything. The guy's getting double teamed all the time. The reality is this week, this game, today, and the game on next Sunday against the Ravens, yeah. Texans are going to look bad. Cause, That's cause just the reality. They, then they get the chance to really – I mean – if they go on after those two games, like if they lose to like the Steelers or the Vikings or the Jaguars, then we have a problem. Then we have a problem. But like if they're losing their first two games, like I could, that team could easily go on to win most of their games for the rest of the years because they they play the Titans, the Bengals, Bears, the Colts, the Lions, uh, the Browns, the Jags. I mean, this is a common theme through the first month of the season, but especially week one, this is a theme that's just constant overreaction, right? Even on Sunday, when we watch those games, they're probably going to re- overreact to stuff. I imagine people in Houston are just overreacting to this game when the reality is you're playing the Chiefs. And next week, the yeah. reality is you're playing the Ravens. You know, that's just, that's just what it is. Yeah, I would say my message for Texans fans would be like, it's a pretty, like, in terms of how this team has looked from an outsider's perspective, I've seen this team look much worse. Yeah. You know, like it's not a bad playing team, especially against the Chiefs, like, and right. the Ravens, you know? Um, you have to look at that first half as a positive. You have to. Yeah. Because you can't, you can't say that there wasn't positives in terms of, oh, Sean's throwing the ball quicker oh, we actually are in some ways relying on the running game with these two Johnson bros, basically, uh, even though they're not yeah. actually brothers. And, and I did – I was somewhat right with my keys to the game for the first half of the game where I was saying they want to see the running game happen from, from the Chiefs. Like, right. they want to see the run. Because they were able to pretty much they – they did a pretty good job of stopping the run for the most part. Like, they didn't allow for big breakaway runs. Mm-hmm. Um but then in the second half, it seemed like some – I'm thinking maybe it had to do with something like it's the first game of the year. They're tired. They're not used to it. Um, they were just letting those runs kind of slip through. Mm-hmm. Um, so. And we're talking about the Chiefs. Like, this was – this Chiefs team, like, go back to the Super Bowl last year yeah. or, you know, in February. I, they are different. They're not yeah. playing the same. Yeah. Like – and that freaked the Texans out. I think that's a huge reason why the Texans lost this game as much as they did. Because I, I think no, I mean, yeah. look, no team, I'm sorry, no team in the NFL comes in to Arrowhead tonight and expects that. Yeah. And expects a running game, a focused offense. Yeah. Expects Mahomes to throw the ball pretty quickly. And I didn't – and, yeah. and I, I talked about Calicio Semele. That guy made an impact tonight. I mean, to be fair, they to be fair, they did basically like lock up. They to be fair, they did a, they did in the off season make a pretty solid statement by picking up Khalid Assembly and Clyde Edwards Alaire. And basically, like anybody who's actually knows anything about the game or, or and was to look closely at what they were doing, they, I mean, it would be pretty clear they're going to focus on running the ball more because. And it's really funny because, I mean, 
I would make the argument that the Chiefs did what I kind of feel like the Ravens should do, which is protect their 10-year asset, which right. is – I bet you were right. Like halfway through the game you said, it's interesting they're not trying to put him in, in uh, situations where he can get hit as much. Well, not even that necessarily, but how many – literally the one play where they had a deep pass pretty much that whole game, at least in the important parts yeah. of the game, was the one that was called back. Yeah. And that said something to me. I was like, okay. And this is the reality with the NFL, right? It's like every five years it shifts. Like, oh, there's like a passing game craze, and then there's like a running game thing. But the running game is the bread and butter of the NFL. That's what it is, ultimately. And, you know, the last few years, even with Damian Williams last year, Mahomes did have to throw the ball more and even run the ball more because Damian's not going to do everything. You know, but a guy like Hilaire, which, I mean, the first half for Hilaire, we were like, I I even wrote in the chat, I was like, where's Clyde? Where's this? And then the second half, you're like, okay, there it is. It just took him a half to get going, which is fair for a rookie playing in his first game ever. Man, he he is explosive. Yeah, and dynamic, and he just, I mean, I I, I saw there was one play where he goes right up the middle and literally just, like, jump jump shifts to the left. A guy was coming up in front of him, he just goes, and just continues down for another, like, 20 yards. And I'm just like, that's absurd. Yeah. He just fits what Andy Reid likes to do offensively. I, I don't think there's any better place for him. That's what I love about Andy Reid. Sometimes, like, with, with Mahomes a few years ago, with Hilaire this offseason, like, he just picks guys that fits his system yeah, and makes them into yeah. absolute stars. Speaking of Andy Reid, it looked like he needed a windshield wiper tonight. <laughs> he was getting all fogged up with Where his can, mat, Here's with my his question. Shield. Where can I buy that? Because I love I the fact that these NFL coaches are like, you know what? Frick the mask. I'm going to wear a shield. Yeah. Because I'm not, yeah, I'm not dealing with it. And I was like, I like that. You know, I, I want a shield. Yeah. So I would say we both agree that the uh, Chiefs played pretty well tonight. Yeah, more more than pretty well. They've cemented um, themselves as the top two NFL teams. I just have to bring this up. I don't love how the commentary on, like, from Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth completely ignored the fact that that interception that got taken away from uh, Mahomes was a terrible throw. He threw that with three guys in front of him. Fine, but it was also a flag. No, 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 no. Even without the flag, dude. Even without the flag, there would still have been a guy running right in front of the guy who was going to get the ball. I believe, like, that right, was a bad fine. throw to begin with. Fine, but, but think about th- this, too. They were up by 20, you know, whatever. I mean, every quarterback has a bad play. How many times do you watch Mahomes play or any quarterback play and they don't have one bad play in a game? It doesn't I mean, happen. I, I mean, he doesn't – he usually – He doesn't normally, but it's like – pretty good with his – Right. Like, not making dumb throws. Percentage-wise, yes. But, I mean, there's always going to be one or two. I – yeah, the Chiefs it, it, yeah. look amazing. Like it I, is I don't know. Interesting though to me because I don't believe the Chiefs are going to be as explosive as they were last year. I don't think they're in terms of. I don't think they're going to have like. I don't think they're going to put up 
35 to 40. I think they're going to do something. It'll be more like 20, 25, 30. Right. And, and, but the main reason why that's the case is this focus on the running game too. And that's not a bad, that's not a bad thing for this offense. It's not. Now the question is, I believe they're going to run into problems when they go up against teams with better defenses that can that are balanced to be able to handle both running and yeah. passing. How many how many defenses are like that though? There's maybe five or six in the right. league. Right. Um and, I I could see them having four losses this year. Yeah. Or yeah, or even less. Um, I mean Which like the league will go crazy because they'll be like, Oh my god, like geez, four losses, but like and, that's not that bad for a team. And and here's the here's the interesting part about this too is this is something that we constantly talk about. Obviously, this is a far down the road, but December, January, right? I mean, the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. I mean, fine because Mahomes can literally throw in any weather. But the fact of the matter is, once we get to December and January, and Hilaire has you know 15, 16 games under his belt, whatever it might be. Yeah, they're gonna be much better off in this Super Bowl run than they were last year. Because they're going to be able to run the ball more effectively. Yeah. Now, with the Chiefs defensively, do you take anything away from them from the defensive side of the ball or no? Um, well, the Chiefs has never been really a defensive like powerhouse to me. Mm-hmm. Um, that's never been really the side that I've paid a lot of attention to. However, uh, they're kind of stacked on both their lines. Um, yeah, it, that that defensive front four was just tearing through, and I said at one point, I literally said in the chat at one point, I was like, "Hello, the Seahawks would like to have Frank Clark back. Thank you very much." Right. I mean, you know, it, it's it, he was just he's just a monster off the edge. Yeah, he he's really underrated, and it, it you know he was up and down at points in KC last year, but that yeah. playoff run he was. It, it, he, you could well, saw him make if, a if leap. If you remember in the in the Super Bowl, he had a huge, he had a big sack um, to turn the ball over. But um, yeah, I would say not the biggest part, but they're they they do what they need to do. Right, and it's not like their secondary is necessarily tremendously impressive other than Tyron Matthew. But Chris Jones and Frank Clark, if they play, they did tonight. Obviously, terrible offensive line by the Texans. That's obviously yeah. the, oh, the yeah. primary caveat here. But ultimately, that defensive line is impressive. And offensive, like, you know, we were talking before the game, too, about the offensive line of the Chiefs. And, like, were you finally like, okay, they actually have a pretty solid offensive line? Was it just, like, Osemele for you, or was it? Because I Um, think that was kind of the main thing for me, was Osemele kind of put this little more push and power into what they were doing. It it looked like it, but I'm not really going to make any final decisions on it until – they play like because my big my big um, one will come from the Ravens when they play the Ravens. Yeah, uh, a few weeks time I on think. Monday night, two weeks from now. Yeah, um, that'll be a big test, I think. Right. Um, but I, I also kind of think about I, I'm a little conflicted because I think about the fact that you when they go, I'm I'm trying I'm trying to think about what's going to happen when they go up against teams when this team when this defense goes up against teams that have quarterbacks that have the ability to get out of there faster than Deshaun mm-hmm. um like Russell like I, like I'm just thinking about Russell Wilson right 
Mm-hmm. He he's made his he's made his money off of keeping plays alive, basically, and being able to scramble and get out of there. Even though they came around, that's one thing. Actually, that brings up a, a problem that I thought that I that Deshaun had tonight. He's not keeping his peripherals open. You know? Yeah, it's still he's, pretty he's, close. He's not he, because the difference is Russell would be going 0.5 to he'd be going 30 seconds earlier or a minute earlier. Like he'd be taking off running. Like the moment he sees Frank Clark like busting around that edge, he'd be like, "See ya, I'm out." And going. So from their bye week in week 10 with Kansas City, I think you probably look at the Ravens defense, right? You look at the Bills defense and that probably is it. Right? In terms of defenses that can actually handle their offense for Kansas City. Yeah, for Kansas City. Um, yeah. I think those would be the main things. I think, again, the Ravens in week three are going to be a massive test, especially so early in the year. Uh, and the Bills, of course, that's another primetime game as well. Yeah. Broncos defense, I still think also is pretty good, even without Von Miller. Yeah, I would say Ravens, Bills, Saints. Yeah, Saints too as well. That's down really the, it. Down the line week 15, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, their their schedule, man, like look doesn't even look that hard. And and this again, I I I, I got grievances again. Like they say that apparently Super Bowl champs are supposed to have the hardest schedule, but which they like, do, but which they technically do, technically do. Excuse me, but they don't. You cannot look at this schedule and say they have the hardest. Yeah, no. Like, I don't think the so, Texans, no. the Chargers, the Ravens – okay, the Ravens, the Pats, which I guess they would have said originally a while ago. Uh, Raiders, well, Bills, Broncos, which are in their division. I mean, they, but then they have the Jets and the Panthers and the – Yeah. It's – but this schedule looks now, – now after watching this game, you're like, oh, God. You know, the league's going to be in a world of trouble, I think. They're going to tear through this division. Or yeah. Through, they're going to tear through their division – and they're going to absolutely demolish half these teams. Like, yeah. the Falcons and the Dolphins oh, – the Dolphins are just not going to know what hit them. Yeah, no. It's the Buccaneers game might be interesting, though. Right. There's going to – and again, as with every NFL team, there are bad weeks. We're not saying that, yeah. it, that this team's not going to have a bad week and lose to a random, much lower-tier team. That happens to everybody. But ultimately, when you look at the totality of their schedule and how they play week to week – not only going back to this year, but their Super Bowl run last year, it's hard to imagine uh, them not being right into the top two seeds uh, yep. going into January. Is there anything else you think we need to cover uh, after this game? I wanted to actually do a segment that I thought of during the game tonight, Fantasy Stars. What were a few guys? I think the main Fantasy thing is – Fantasy Stars for tonight um... – I so Sammy Watkins. Sammy Watkins was a big fantasy star. Uh, Travis Kelsey had a big night. Yeah, uh, he had 17 points. Although weirdly, he got all his points in the first half, and then I get he, I feel like he got benched. Um, yeah, I mean, which I mean, I get it, but at the same time, like, come on. Bucker with 10 was nice for me as a as a you know I yeah. I like seeing kickers get around 10 to 15 yeah. which is not normal like i guess you could go yeah. 5 to 10 but still like it's pretty impressive and you know Deshaun Watson started out bad and then at the end got a surge and ended up with 20.82 points what he was projected that's 
Um, I think we can all agree that Sammy Watkins was probably the uh, MVP of the night in terms of points. Yep. I think we can continue the segment. This segment seems fun for us to continue to do as yeah. we go along. Yeah. Uh, this Sammy is obviously Watkins, he ended the night with twenty one point five points um, on our friend Shane's bench. Yeah, unfortunately. So um, I'm not saying start him next week though, Shane. <laughs> He's pretty volatile in fantasy. Of one good week and then one bad week. True. But either way, uh, so we're. I think we're going to start doing that. Keep in mind, all of these is uh, ESPN standard uh, PPR. Yep. Scoring. And that is it for the night. Interesting game. Well, yeah. again, not too interesting, but at least we got what, like half an hour, forty minutes in it, maybe. I don't I don't keep track of time we, as we, do we should be we should be on after Sunday night games throughout yes, the season. We will uh, be for sure. We might do some Monday night games depending on what they are. Uh yeah. I'm thinking we might do the big ones that go on throughout throughout the if there's right. any that we really think would be interesting. And but then same with Thursday nights. We will and be then, doing recaps of the week for Sunday nights, pretty much every Sunday night. So. And then, and then I think for the big Seahawks games, whether it's Thursday or Monday, I'm sure you guys always want to get on for those yeah. as well. Uh, so, yeah, that, that will be kind of the main schedule. I don't think we'll do a Monday nighter this week. We might. No. It's, it's too late at night. Like, honestly, it's pretty late. Yeah. Like, the games we'll, are going to we'll end pro- at like we'll 10. Cover, we'll probably cover the Sunday and the Thursday during our Friday uh, show next week. So Yeah, yeah, for sure. So uh, we will see you back on Friday. Uh, tomorrow we're going to cover the Lakers game, which I am going to go watch in a bit, I think, or you know, early in the morning tomorrow uh, since I didn't get a chance to, and all the – other big NBA news. Then we'll do our actual record predictions. Uh, I, I imagine this game doesn't change our record predictions very much, uh, yeah, considering I'm sure we all had the Chiefs here. Um, and then uh, we'll go through the entire week one preview as well and much more to cover. So we will see you all tomorrow afternoon. Indeed. See ya. Have a great night, everybody.